now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom. Yes, he has an RV9, by the way. Number nine. Number nine. So we call him RV Tom. He also flies a lot of velocity aircraft as well, as you might have heard on our Sun and Fun broadcast when we were uh, talking shop uh, at, at that big event. But we're back in the studio finally, you know, uh, plugging along, trying to get back in the groove. Uh, and in between all this sun and fun activity that we've had the last few weeks, I will say there's been some uh, commercial flights that Dennis, myself, and uh, RV Tom probably has uh, encountered uh, recently uh, quite a bit. And, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. And uh, I think we should because we cover all aspects of aviation. And sometimes, even though it's not our first choice, we have to fly commercial. It's always better to go GA. Fly your own aircraft if you have one available. That's the way to survive the friendly skies. But when you have no choice, like when I flew up to uh, New York for a big dive event a couple weeks ago, I did fly nonstop. I flew first class to make the uh, experience as you know, easy as possible. And, you know, they got me there. They got me back. It was uh, fairly uneventful, but there were some little hiccups that I encountered, uh, especially coming back, that, I don't know, we can uh, share and maybe we'll, uh, you know, educate our passengers on today's virtual cruise through the latest aviation news and information and and make their travel life just a little more efficient and uh, better. Are you ready, Dennis? Are you ready, Tom? I'm all set. Uh, I'm born ready. Okay, so I go up to, uh, I'm flying up to Newark, nonstop first class United, great, no problem. Gets me there on time. Nice, comfy seats. Kind of what I expected. Uh, nice food, the whole thing, right? Coming back, however, they had some weather that came into the Northeast. Or actually, it was back when they had the that uh, you know that line of uh, tornadoes that went through the Midwest. You know, a couple weeks ago, created all kinds of havoc. That was coming through the you know our tr- our flight path and creating uh, delays for a bunch of airlines. One of my friends was flying on JetBlue. He was, his flight was totally canceled, and he, he literally found out seconds before we hopped in the, the cab to the airport and said, well, hey, I guess I'm not going with you after all. <laughs> you know, And they didn't give him much notice, but they literally canceled his flight, and he couldn't fly out till the next day. He was obviously uh, a little annoyed. When I got to Newark, however... I was pretty uh, happy because they have a new terminal. They just opened up at New uh, Newark. I guess it's what terminal. I don't know what it is. Terminal D or C or A. I don't. I forget what letter it is. But brand new terminal. There, hey. you know, they, it was A. Is that what it was, Tom? Yeah, because yep. he, you know, he's retired United. He knows, and it's a United uh, terminal. But you walk into this place, and it looks really nice. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Looks great. A lot of food options, places to lounge, you know, that kind of thing. Except the United Club had not yet been opened in that terminal. So it had signs like, oh, everything's open, except you can't go into the United Club. And I did have about, I don't know, three hours to burn. And I did have a pass to the club. And I was kind of looking forward to using that 
So it said, all right, just hop on a bus. You go over to Terminal A. You go to United Club there. And I'm like, all right, well, I got plenty of time. What the heck? I go. And then, you know, it takes about 20 minutes to get in this bus. They load up everybody. And, yeah, it wasn't the, the most efficient way to get over there, but whatever. It's fine. I get over there and I go into the United Polaris Club. Like, nope, this is uh, international customers only. And I'm like, oh, man, it didn't say that on the sign uh, when I'm looking up, you know, above uh, where to go. And then so I walked down the terminal about 20 gates the other way to the other United Club. And that one was like a pop-up club that they had, I guess, created for overflow. And I looked in there, popped my head in. I'm like, nope, (laughs) this thing is not much bigger than a garage. And every seat was taken. I might as well get back on the bus, head back over to Terminal A, and I just sit around and enjoy some of the new terminal amenities as opposed to trying to get into a club. So I was a little, eh, you know, it was kind of one thing. But, you know, it worked out okay. And uh, hopefully they'll open up the United Club there eventually. I will say it is such a nice terminal. You know, it wasn't like I really needed that uh, amenity really uh, that bad. So uh, something to keep in mind. I don't know. Have you heard, Tom? I mean, you follow this kind of stuff. Uh, Being a retired United guy, what's the deal with this new terminal in Newark? What do you Uh, think? It opened up a couple weeks ago. And uh, again, like anything new, they're just trying to get the the bugs out of it and the kinks out of it. Yeah. But like you said, it it is Newark. And uh, that says it all when you say Newark, New Jersey. I mean, really? See, I, I've had I've had good luck lo- uh, good luck flying into Newark before, as opposed to JFK or LaGuardia. Oh, but, I think it's the best out of all three. But with that being said, it's just you know you it's in the Northeast. It's one of the busiest terminals out there. Yeah, you know it's it's not restricted uh, slot control, so you know everybody in the world flies in and out of there. And it's just if you're trying to put the you know. 30 pounds of something in a 20-pound bag. Yeah. It's, it's always just, that way. The traffic just, is way too much. But out of the three, you still think Newark's better than all, all three, but the bar is so low. <laughs> you know, it's still not yeah, good compared I, to flying yeah, into other places yeah. in the country. I, I mean, JFK's getting better. It is built a new terminal over there and all. And uh, But it's but if you live in New Jersey or trying to get into the city, Newark's your best option. Right. LaGuardia is over... You know, LaGuardia's getting better. They got a new terminal there and a revamp and everything there. But Newark is, I think, the nicest out of all three. Yeah. But again, with that being said, it's it's just it's always packed with people, and it's just uh, they haven't kept up with what's going on, and that's the problem. And that's yeah. like our home airport, like for you and me, Orlando. They just built a brand new terminal over there. They're anticipating the growth there, and they're ahead of the uh, ahead of the plan. They can accommodate. You know, hundreds of thousands of more people every year, and mm-hmm. they're still ahead of the game. So yeah. I wish everybody would would copy off of Orlando what they're doing. But new, again, uh, up in Newark, you have limited real estate and what you can do. Right, and then and there is a lot of politics going up in Newark. So uh, you know, it's it's who you pay off and what you get things done here to get the slots and everything else, and it's just right. the way it is. Okay, yeah, they got that whole. Uh you know, uh, mafia thing going on up there, I guess. I don't know. We'll just yeah, leave the it The Tony Soprano thing. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, what do you think here, Dennis? You uh, you had that kind of encounter uh, there at Newark, or what, what do you feel? Do you feel uh, I was that? at Newark about 25 years ago and haven't been back. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's only right. because I haven't had a need to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, my experience in Minneapolis uh, over the Easter weekend was certainly a lot better. Uh, we we took advantage of the Sky Club. Uh, my wife and I uh, had, had a little stop over there on the on the flight back home, and 
you know, it's, it, I don't know, Delta Sky Club always seems to be a decent experience. Mm-hmm. And they even had it all set up for Easter. There was peeps in uh, in the oh, containers really? and M&Ms. And they had somebody at the baseball game, I guess, was on. Somebody's walking around like a ballpark uh, hot dog sale. Hot dogs, hot dogs. And okay. they had hot dogs and relish and everything for you to, you know, get in the spirit of spring. And right. uh, it was just, it was really kind of a unique experience at the Sky Club. So. Well, there you go. I mean, I, if I would have got into the Polaris Club there at Newark, uh, I I think it looked really nice. The first one I went into that said it was international passengers only, and I'm like, no, you know, I was just so. Did you think that maybe they just made that up on the fly just to send you away? Yeah, possibly. That is, uh, but actually, no, it wasn't the case because I saw someone get uh, turned away right in front of me, and I thought, well, maybe I'll look different and act nicer, and they'll go, oh yeah, you're fine. Like, nope, we know who you are. Get the hell out. Go down the go down the gate. Blah blah blah. And I'm like. Then I went down there. You didn't and I was try like, to slip him a twenty. I, you I mean, know, at New that York. point, I was just so annoyed. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna have to walk twenty gates down the other way." And then I get to that one. I'm thinking, "All right, I'm home free." And then I pop my head in, and it's like smaller than a garage, you know, or something. I'm like, "Ah, this blows." Just get back on the bus, head back over, and enjoy the amenities just there at the, at the new terminal well, at Newark. You should have you should have just dropped my name there. I said, you know, uh, you know, Captain Tom here. That man, they were. I didn't want to be kicked off the airport grounds there, Tom. I mean, <laughs> were, come on, they were probably taking you out of the field with handcuffs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, you never want to play that card. Uh, you always got to be careful about uh, who you associate with. Despite that, we do it anyway. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Never feel sorry for a man who owns a plane. So here I stand, and then again I think I'm hoping we can make some wishes out of airplanes. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? So I can really use a wish right now. Wish right now. Wish right now. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me along. Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew. And now we have uh, Kevin from Jet Shades on. Uh, they had quite an event, I believe, at Sun and Fun. Kevin, welcome to Just Plane Radio. How you doing? Good. Thanks for me having, having me on today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, you were pretty busy there at Sun and Fun. We came by the booth a couple times because Dennis, both him and Tom, have gotten their airplanes equipped with these Jet Shades. How was uh, yeah. Sun and Fun for you guys overall? You looked pretty busy every time we came by. Yes, in fact, it was record-setting, which I'm happy to say. The cool. um, brand name is getting out, and there's nothing more rewarding to me that you know when somebody comes up and says, you know, I've been seeing your post, I've been seeing this, and I've been hearing these things. I just wanted to come here. This is like, you know, first thing Tuesday morning. I just want to come here and see it, see the product myself, and, and then they end up buying it right, right then. So it's nice to know that um, people aren't just walking by saying, hey, what is that? What's that thing in the booth? And what are these guys selling? Versus these guys come in and say, I'm looking for jet shades. I've heard about you guys. I want, I want to see these things. Well, there so you go. Was, yeah. Yeah. And Dennis, how would you describe these things for people that maybe are hearing this for the first time? Uh, basically like having a sun clips or a pair of sunglasses for the inside of your airplane. Uh-huh. You know, it, it keeps that heat down. So, you know, in the Florida sun, really does make a, a huge impact inside the cabin. I mean, you know it gets hot on the ground, but put your hand on the back of the seat after flying for 30 minutes, and you'll feel how hot that interior gets. So the Jet Shades is a combination of a reflective screen and also a darkening transparency, so it cuts down a lot of that radiant heat from getting in the plane, which makes you and the passengers more comfortable. Right. Yeah, and Kevin, uh, as far as you know, how you guys came up with this, you're in Florida, which yeah. pretty much uh, it was uh, designed out of necessity, I assume, right? Yeah, it was one of those good old-fashioned stories mm-hmm. where, you know, I flew and I took off in my plane. And it was 100-plus degrees in the cockpit, and, you know, people put paper in the window and all the stuff that you hear about and everything. And I was like, no, I want to be able to see out my windows. What can I put in these windows that will uh, block the heat? And, you know, I looked at static cleans like and all, all different types of things, a lot of reading, and found out that's not the best way to go. And so I said, well, why can't I just make a panel that just pushes in and then I can remove and everything? So, I, you know, I went and did a product search. I went on Amazon to try to buy something, went on aviation websites nothing and then i went to buy uh i, I did a pa- even a patent search does anybody have anything like this nothing hmm. so uh 
I went to Home Depot and bought some polycarbonate and then got some other stuff and rigged something up in my daughter's garage because <laughs> I was flying to see my daughter. Right. And I didn't want to fly home three hours being in the sun. So I um, flew home with it, and it was, like, fantastic. I'm like, wow, this was so much better. Now, that original prototype lasted about a week before it all just, you know, delaminated and crumpled and was unusable. But for that first week, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm on to something here. But then, uh-huh. you what, more trial and error, and you came out with this, uh, well, you found a better material, I assume, that lasts yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, originally, we used polycarbonate for the first uh, three years or so, which did well. I mean, we still have a lot of first-generation jet shades out there flying around, and then they're perfect, you know. But if you bend them too much and you expose them to heat um, and radiation, so, you know, jet shades, first of all, they absorb. So they absorb a ton of radiation. So over time, those those radiations were beaten on the polycarbonate and beaten on the adhesives we use. And um, over time, we were seeing some product performance that we think it should last a little bit longer, you know. Mm-hmm. So we went back and said this. And then there was problems where you had to go to the dealer to get a fit. And, you know, it was it was a kind of a – we said, let's go not – let's all kill all these birds with one stone with a redesign. If we were going to redesign it, what would we do? Well, get rid of the polycarbonate, make it easier for customers to use, make it less expensive. Um Put a different, make it look professional looking. And so that's what we did with what we call Gen 2, um, which is now available. And um, that has hit a home run on the market, uh, so to speak. And that's what um, both uh, Tom and Dennis have in, in their aircraft. Right. And, and it's something like uh, no matter what type of aircraft you have, uh, do you actually just customize it to the individual aircraft or you have designs for all these models that are out there uh, flying around these days or a combination of both? Actually, it's it's quite amazing when I look back at it that we actually have tons of patterns, pre-cut patterns for many different aircraft now because I spent a lot of time in airplanes making patterns <laughs> with mm-hmm. friends who have airplanes. Uh, you know? And what happens is um, for the most part, um, the ones on our website you can buy, and they'll fit with maybe some minor trimming with a pair of sharp scissors okay. on the material. Uh, so maybe uh, you still can go to one of our dealers if you don't want to deal with it at all, and our dealers will install them. It's quicker for them to install. It's easier, so it's less time-consuming. Um so that there is still some, like we can do canopy planes now, which we could never do before, as Tom has the uh, Vans RV. We, we're doing the, the, we will be doing the complete line of Vans RV. I think we have the 6, 7, 9, 10, and uh, all the sliding canopies and the tip-up canopies. We're working on the 14 and the 12 right now for the, for the tip-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can really convert diamond aircraft we can do. so, And, of course, we're doing the jets, all the citations and everything else. So... Each one of them comes with a unique mounting system um, that we have got a, a, at least close to 40 high-end 3D printers that make carbon fiber um, brackets that we design to uh, mount and hold on the different configurations in place. So in a way, you know, they're customized. And let's not forget helicopters, by the way. So we do helicopters as well. Well, there you go. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Dennis, what about that? Yeah, I mean, I know you're a hands-on kind of guy and you did your own install, right? It was a combination. Uh, I originally went up to Fernandita Beach and met with Kevin, and we did the initial templating, and kind of, he showed me the process and then sent me with the material to finish the rest of the plane up so we didn't have to sit on the ramp up there in the sun. Right. And so it, it was kind of a, a neat uh, team effort. But then he also took the templates that we made up there and put them into his system and sent me a laser-cut eyebrow um, for the front window. So I've actually got the professional perfectly designed and shaped 
uh, with the, their logo etched in it and replaced the one that we made in the field. So it's, it's really nice. It looks good. Um, and it should really cut the glare down when you're flying, too, because, you know, I do have the visors, but still, this cuts that light before it ever even gets to the, the flip-down visors. Well, there you go. Absolutely. Uh, any styling on top of it. RV Tom, what about you? Did you install your own, or did you have someone do it for you on your RV? I actually uh, went nine? right on up, with uh, met with Kevin, uh, because I, uh, in the kit that came, I got some of the wrong uh, clamps. They, they connected to the frame, so... Uh, and plus, I needed an excuse to go. Well, I really didn't need an excuse, but I had a great <laughs> excuse to fly on a get a hundred hour hamburger. So we uh, stopped the uh, flagler to hijackers and got some corn fritters, and then continued up to Fernando Beach, and where uh, Kevin installed the the uh, sunshades. And like on the way back, like it really was the difference going up there. I was like when we were heading northbound, like it was so hot in the sun, and coming back, like wow. They work. Yeah. They really work. Kevin, uh, if, if people want to get these for their aircraft, all they got to do is go to what? Is it jetshades.com? Yeah, www.jetshades.com. You'll see a slash on Instagram and Facebook with a website. And they can always call uh, info at jetshades.com. It's our email. This is our start of our fourth year, and we have over 4,200 aircraft flying with Jetshades. Well, uh, yeah. thanks for the update. And we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. And, you know, we didn't really talk about it last week, but uh, we got to mention Fort Lauderdale International. We had a lot of friends that were uh, affected uh, by that. Now, we're based in Orlando, or I am. Dennis is down in Fort Myers, and RV Tom is just north of Fort Lauderdale, I believe. Right, RV Tom? 
and uh, Cocoa Beach. Cocoa Beach. Okay, so we're you know just up the coast there from Fort Lauderdale, but I do have some friends that were down there, and they were sending me the uh, video of the water, uh, how it actually closed down Fort Lauderdale International Airport. And, uh, you know, it made the national news. That was quite, kind of a big deal for them, but it was very localized. We, you know, depending on where you were in Florida, determined how much rain you got. Like, we didn't get a ton in Orlando where I was. We got some, which we kind of needed some rain. But, man, in Fort Lauderdale, it came down like a, I don't know, foot of rain in like three hours or some ridiculous amount and yeah. just deluged the place. And well, I and, think I heard that they had over 25 inches of rain um over the course of a couple hours i mean that's over two feet i mean it was insane and yeah i had some friends that actually they didn't have any flooding at their house but they couldn't get out of their house because all the roads around them were flooded so and uh one of them lived right next door to fort lauderdale international and when you watch uh some of the video from the uh, airport and how it affected the uh air you know airplanes i mean they had to shut down the airport for like over a day uh, before they could open it back up, it was pretty remarkable how much water was on the runway. I mean, you could have, you know, you could have, you've been better off just taking a boat <laughs> at that point, I think. Dennis, what do you think? I, I think they needed boats to get around because if you saw the business jets that were parked on the ramp at Fort Lauderdale, a lot of them had water right up to the bottom of the wings. I right. mean, think about that. 18 inches of standing water on the taxiways, airplanes just parked out there. That's obviously not going to be good for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those planes aren't leaving in a hurry, and and the golf cart's not going to get you out to the ramp. You're going to have to take a boat. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't see the video, you may uh, hear about this up north and think, what, they closed down their airport because of a little bit of rain? (laughs) What? It didn't like it snowed or anything. These Florida people are wusses. it, It was much more serious. Uh, well, I did video. reach out to uh, one of our uh, regulars on the scuba show asking him if he uh, was able to scuba dive out of his garage, but right. apparently he was far enough away from it that he didn't need to take his boat out to, yeah. to go out. Well, he was prepared to do so. Uh, so they, you know, some about 24 hours, some of them did gear up just in case. And a couple of, you know, my friends, like I said, they didn't flood their house, but uh, the water came right up to the edge of their patio. So they were a little nervous, but uh, they were fine. But, you know, not everybody did okay with that. And like I said, it was, well, the, what made the big national news was that Fort Lauderdale International Airport had to be shut down uh, because of flooding. I, I just don't, I've never heard of that before uh, happening in the past. I mean, I don't know, RV Tom, you're kind of familiar with that. Have you ever heard of the airport flooding out like that before? I mean, it's not that low-lying area, is it? Or is it? It's actually, it's actually, well, mainly during tropical depressions, like, you know, hurricanes and stuff. Like Miami, Miami's been underwater during a Hurricane Andrew 29 years ago. Oh, okay. It was almost three feet underwater. Lauderdale, Palm Beach, that whole southern Florida area was, all the runways were closed right there for a while. And then, then it's why at Fort Myers, when you had Ian, weren't they, uh, look, the runways somewhat underwater? Yeah. At know. International, they weren't, but uh, the water was up to the uh, approach end of Fort Myers uh, page field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, they just, they were right on the edge of it. It was a lot of water, and uh, it can create uh, problems. Uh, not like uh, the folks up north. You know, if that would have been snow instead, and I love this video I got. I had some friends uh, of mine send me a little text and showed a guy using a snow shovel, shoveling water out of his driveway. <laughs> A Florida snowstorm? I think they were kind of alluding to something like that. So, you know, we still have our issues like that. And, uh, you know, they navigated it as best they could. But uh, it still creates problems when it rains that much 
uh, in such a short amount of time. But hey, they're good to go now. They're back to normal, and and things hopefully will stabilize in that regard, and we won't have to deal with that kind of delay uh, uh, any anymore in the near future. Okay, so uh, another little uh, thing that I came across. I was watching uh, Jimmy's World again on YouTube, and uh, he had a video about these. I don't know. He bought like seven planes for a hundred grand. He's gonna get them all together old old classic type planes i guess and uh he's trying to get one uh to start you know doing one of those type of videos as he does uh, will it start and uh before they could start it you know they were checking the fuel lines and some fuel pump underneath was leaking so they had to kind of figure out you know what the problem was and it ended up being a big part of the video and uh and this is a very old airplane hadn't run in a while and uh, they were having problems with uh, getting parts for it. And they ended up kind of doing like a bush fix type of thing. They had to create their own gasket for the fuel pump thing or filter or whatever. And, and the first couple times it didn't work. And finally, uh, you know, he cut the video and go, well, we got it to work. It just uh, it just happened to work. Wink, wink. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. I, I I didn't think you were allowed to do that. I thought you have to, you know, use specific type of parts in the you know, A&E has to sign off on all this stuff. For an, I don't know. How does that work in a situation like that, Dennis? Well, with a, a vintage airplane that old, like that Stinson, uh, you know, the manufacturer hasn't made that plane in decades. So there's not a lot of re- readily available spare parts. But a lot of them do share commonality with other airplanes. Other manufacturers use the same things. And believe it or not, a lot of those parts came from the automotive industry. There's stories of door handles for Cessna's Cardinals that were actually from a specific model of a Ford, you know, so if you needed a door handle, you could go to Napa and order a part. Mm-hmm. Well, the FAA just came out with a new program to kind of help streamline the substitution of some of those parts for vintage aircraft. It's called the Vintage Aircraft Replacement and Modification Article Program. And so it's kind of consolidating some uh, technical advisories that have been around for years and just, you know, reminding mechanics that there's a path to getting parts available for these airplanes uh eaa has been a big champion of this and they actually demonstrated the program using their little cessna 150 and they replaced a solenoid on the starter using one from an automotive uh, application so the idea will be that over time we'll have a database of cross-referenced parts that you know if you need this particular solenoid it's no longer available you can substitute, and here's the documentation and paperwork to do it. And what Jimmy probably was doing was nothing other than just using standard practices and procedures, which is part of the A&P training. You know, you, there are certain materials. You can actually make your own gasket. You don't necessarily have to buy it. And so he may have replicated and done an owner-produced part for something simple like a gasket. Right. And that's what it was on what I saw on the video. But it was, he, he kind of skipped over it like, I know, we fix it. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You know, and there's a lot of those things that I've found over the years. You know, Piper in the, the Arrows and Cherokees, you know, their fuel pump is actually a standard part from like Parker Hannafin. The same thing that you would buy for a car fuel pump. Yeah. But it's Piper's specific and they may be modified at that a mounting ear's got like a 90 degree bend or something like that. That's the only difference. Um, I, I've been told recently that in the Piper Arrows and other retractable Pipers, they have a hydraulic pump that runs the, the landing gear retraction system. You can get that pump if it's available from Piper for, you know, about $4,000. Mm. Or you can go to your local Evinrude dealer 
and get a trim pump for your outboard motor, and they're the exact same thing. Uh-huh. You know, Piper was smart about it. They Why redesign the wheel? There's already a very good, compact, powerful hydraulic pump, and here we go. Yeah. Well, instead of uh, will it start, maybe it should be will it work. And if it works, yeah. you should be able to use it and, uh, you know, apply it accordingly, save a few bucks, get your plane back in the air. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your stewardess speaking. We regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin movement might have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Do you think we can take off before he gets there? Airplanes, airplanes, flying way up high. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew. Now, look, if uh, you have an experimental aircraft, all that stuff we talked about uh, in the last segment as far as, you know, using the parts that are only approved on your aircraft, uh, kind of goes out the window because you can pretty much do what you want. Is that how it works, Dennis? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the whole point of experimental. In fact, a lot of experimentals are flying behind things like uh, Chevrolet LS8 engines with gear reductions or uh, Honda Fit motors seem to be a good uh, uh, a good engine that's being modified now for to support aviation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Tom at Velocity, he's he's got several of those uh, automotive conversions that have been flying in various uh, velocities over the years. Yeah. So you feel safer like that or less so, uh, RV Tom? What do you think when it comes to that kind uh, of thing? Well, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, with the big block Chevys, I mean, I have a, a big block Chevy in my Z06 Corvette, and I love it. But in an airplane, I... You know, uh, and even the Honda Fit, but then it was just talking about my neighbor's got a, uh, the, the 750, the stall airplane, and uh, he was just coming up Piney to Causeway, just south of uh, where I live at, and the, the engine decided to uh, go south and mm. started pumping out of oil under the windshield, and he made it back to Merritt Island, but uh, the, the Honda engine just it, it froze up just over top of the airport he's able to glide in of course the stall speed is like 32 miles an hour so it was a non-event for him he, the engine froze up over the field and uh, he came and landed right on the taxiway and we, we pushed the airplane right back to the hangar just about but automotive engines are coming a long ways you know a good example is the road tax even though it's right. not a per se automotive engine it is a uh, water cooled with reduction drive gear system and they work they work great. My hangar mate's got Rotex in his bush cannon. It's going on, you know, eight hundred hours and five years, and he's never had a problem with it. And I, and I had a Piper Sport with the Rotex, but the big block Chevys and some of the other automotive conversions, I don't know. Uh, the big thing though is uh, 
try to get insurance for one of those guys. If you call your insurance company and say, hey, I got a Velocity or I have a Vans or a Lancer and I have an automotive engine in there, they're either not going to give you insurance or your insurance is going to going to the difference in insurance would actually buy an aircraft motor uh really okay yeah they're that's the big thing when you uh and the resale value we i know a personal friend that's selling it's the last right now and it's got the 350 corvette motor in there and it, it flies great and everything but uh he's getting it's about twenty five thousand dollars less uh for that airplane as a, it had a lycoming or continental in it for so uh to get a little ways to go, and the technology is catching up, but it's just not there yet. Right. Well, you got somebody's got to start first, right? Yeah, you, you yeah. got to do your research. I guess it's flyer beware in that regard, and and what you're comfortable with doing. You know, if you're you feel good about your uh, you know skills and things like that, I guess the experimental way gives gives you way more flexibility for sure. But like you said, you got to figure out if the numbers really make sense, especially if you factor insurance into the uh, equation. As far as uh, your flying things, too. Because, you know, every time I look at it, I, I see the prices on these experimental aircraft, and I'm like, man, this is way better. And it, it, you can get cooler, newer features on these airplanes as well, but but your investment may be, it may be less up front, but you're not necessarily going to get the return out of it, uh, is, is kind of what you're saying, I think. Tom, is that right? Well, in Maybe? some way, like a good example, of, let's go to the RV-10, which is very... Cirrus like it's very comfortable to an SR22 four seater yeah. same uh, takeoff actually a bit better takeoff and landing performance than the SR22 same cruise speed and everything else it's about one oh gosh about one fourth to one fifth the price of an SR22 right. yeah you could build one for about three hundred thousand where a new Cirrus is about one point two million and it'd be yeah. very comfortable to each other uh, and they, they even look alike you go on a ramp and see. An RV-10 is done upright, and it looks like, oh, hey, look at that guy, Cirrus. But right. again, the RV-10, uh, it uses a Lycoming 540 motor on it, which yeah, is... but the uh, numbers are crazy. I mean, it's a fourth of the cost, so that looks extremely uh, attractive. Why wouldn't that be the way to go, Dennis? Well, it is. Op- it's definitely an option, uh, but you can't use it for commercial operations, so that mm. that is a limitation. But the advantage to the experimental is that if you're handy and like to get your fingers dirty, you can actually do almost all of the maintenance on it yourself. And when it comes to the condition inspection or the annual on it, you just need an A&P. You don't need an inspection authorized. So you find a good mechanic to go, you do all the work and have him check it and sign you off. You can do all your maintenance, your oil changes, your repairs. You don't have to go track down a mechanic for everything like you do on a certified airplane. Right. Well, see, so, I don't like to get my hands dirty, but Dennis does. So if if you have a friend like Dennis or, or even Tom, they're willing to get their hands dirty for you, and you do that for me. Both, both you guys would do that for me, wouldn't you, Dennis? Well, it's not necessarily that, Greg, but think about the cost of ownership. You know, it's going to keep it down if you can do some of the routine repairs and things like that instead of having to, you know, get it to a shop, pay for a shop. Um, you know, mechanics are getting hard to find just like pilots. So the yeah. more work, we, the more self-sufficient we can be, the more affordable aviation is going to be. Right. But as far as, like, getting your return out of it, uh, after you've flown it for a couple of years, you're still going to be able to flip it, you think, for as much as you put into it? Like you would as long as you take care of it, 
Yeah. Um, as long as you take care of it. I mean, if it's, uh, you know, whatever you paid for it, generally with airplanes, you can usually get that back out. Okay. You know, well, especially now with appreciation, the way things are. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I thinking along those lines right now because I got my third class medical. It's time for me to get back in the airplane and start flying. So. Yeah, and we need to start figuring out your flight plan uh, for what you're going to do. I had a little conversation with uh, your old flight instructor right. uh, just last week. Yeah. And Captain Ed had some uh, kind words to say to you. Okay. Uh, you Which know, are we're, what? We're going over it. I said, well, you know, so what do, what do we recommend? I mean, what kind of syllabus were we using? Things like that. He's like, yeah, with Craig, I'd just start over. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> what is that supposed right. to mean? Well, you know, we're talking about things, you know, there's certain requirements and, you know, you have to, we got to get you soloed again. So we're going to have to go back into the pattern, Mm. you know, and there's things that lead up to that. So we're going to want to do some air work and some stalls and slow flight. Well, see, I Uh, I kind of, I know this. I mean, it's been like You know it, but do you remember how to do it? Well, no, I I know that I have to do all this stuff again. And and I think what's going to happen because, uh, you know, I've flown a little bit over the years here and there and and uh, dabbled in between all this uh, dead time of not being able to do any training. Uh, but I noticed that, you know, especially when it came to landing, which was always the trickiest part, that it's it's like riding a bike. You, you kind of yeah. get that feel. And I, I got through that process already. So I have a feeling my prediction is, is once we get back in the airplane, I'm going to pick up pretty quick because I've I already went through it once. You, it won't be like your initial training. You, this will come back to you rather quickly. You know, we were talking about some of the things that you have to do, like your ground reference maneuvers. Mm-hmm. And Ed did mention that, you know, you're you're fine. Turns about a point. You've got that one down cold. Heck, you can do it at 300 feet in the pattern. on That's fire. true. <laughs> I got plenty of experience. So, without. yeah, he didn't uh, miss an opportunity to throw a throw a barb your way. So, right. I, I enjoyed that conversation. But you well. know, I, I've got a checklist for you here, and mm-hmm. you and I are going to need to sit down with your logbook and go through and figure out where you're at. How many hours of training do you have? I know you have over a hundred. Yeah, but we we need to make sure that you've got all the requirements. So. You know, your cross countries, have you done any, you know, have you done your solo cross country, things like that. We need to map that out Mm -hmm. and then we can come up with and, you know, basically a syllabus tailored to you of here's what we're going to do. So that way, when you come out to the airport to go fly, we have a plan. And right. we'll get you through this thing as quick as you can do it. Which, I don't, uh, I'm not going to rush you. It's not going to so, be an eight-year process. Well, it could be. Well, we don't want to talk like I, that. Ideally, we'd like to do it this year while you still have your medical. Yes, we are going to make it happen. It will be so. And that's my prediction. And Well, we'll see if it holds. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. It's just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 